Welcome to the Community Hotline for the community, by the community. I'm your host, Mr. Bob Thang. And today we have Kai Unis. I'll let her introduce herself on what she wants to be called, any pronouns that she wants to be used. The floor is yours. Kai Unis, and it's a she, her pronoun. <laughs> that actually works. Um, so Kai, my name is Eunice, so, but some of my friends call me Kai, so Kai Eunice. Yep, I'm just a regular person. Uh, <laughs> just a regular person from the community just here to share a little bit about um, three topics, I guess. Yeah. Uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Malaysia, specifically from Penang. That's my hometown. Uh, but I'm currently based in Kuala Lumpur, the city. I've relocated here for the past decade already. So it's been 10 years and a few months. Okay. Yep. Congratulations. Tell us a uh, top two facts about Penang before we get started. Top two facts about Penang. So apparently Lonely Planet says that Penang is like the best city to retire in, uh, but I beg to defer. And for this year in 2022, the, um, there was like a research or an article posted that it's the best place to actually go visit. I also beg to defer because it's going to be crazy traffic jam and the island is going to sink. So guys, just please don't go there. Go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. did, you say, did you say the island's not safe? The island is going to sink because it's, it's an sink. island. Yeah, oh. there's too many people, too many cars going there. It's going to sink eventually. So don't. Don't go there. Has it been sinking since you like were born there and since you, you know, got older? Have you seen it sink? No, I haven't seen it sink. It's just a practical joke. Okay, moving on to our first topic of the day, which is money. All right. What uh tell us, tell tell, tell the kids, what, what is money? What is money? Wow, this is well, initially, it's actually just a currency for you to like trade uh, a way to replace bartering goods. But now it's just more of um, trading that value of the money for something that you want, something that you like. Uh, but it means different things for different people. And it's also because you have different perspectives or different perception towards money. Some people think that money is evil. Some people think that money is good. So it depends on your emotions um, towards money. That's why some people define it differently. But for me, uh, money is good. So, um, and there's, there's also something to do with um, perception issues uh, regarding money. Some people think that money corrupts because you know having too much of it is bad. But it really depends on the person. So if someone has too much money, what they could do is just give it away for good causes. But, you know, it's not the same for different people. Yeah. Okay. Long, long, long answer about money and exchange of goods. Got it. Got it. Got it. What, what, uh, how did you, how did you handle money back in high school? Did you get an allowance? Did you work or? Okay, so in high school, it's kind of different um, because I get a fixed amount as an allowance, but I don't really spend it on anything except for food in the canteen like during recess because most of my meals are already taken care of. Like breakfast and dinner is at home. 
uh, I only spend it on lunch and I don't really have um, a form of social life during high school. So I was raised by a very strict mom who will not allow me to like go hang out with friends. So most of my time is spent indoors, uh, either studying or revising for exams or piano classes. So I don't really spend money. So my relationship with money is kind of new. I actually uh, form a relationship with money when I moved uh, away from Penang. So when I lived in KL, that's the only time when I'm given just a lump sum of amount and just deal with it. So uh, high school is not really a good measure of my relationship with money. It's actually college or university. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so how did you, and what are like top three, like top three money tips for someone who just got a lump sum of money? Did you just blow it all on sushi? Or did you save some of it for rent? Like elaborate. Okay, so different phases of my life, um, different approaches. So when I was in uni, I obviously didn't have like a financial planner come sit me down and tell me like, hey, this is how you're going to do um, your budgeting and all that. So I just had the money and I just spend it on food. So I'm a huge foodie. So pretty much blowing it on sushi is what I do once a month. Uh, and then eventually, eventually I started working and I have more money because it's not allowance anymore. It's uh, money that I earn from my salary. And as I progress in my career, you just get more money and more money. And you just don't know what to do with it. Right. So I sort out a financial planner who sat me down and told me, like, OK, so this is what you got to do with all the money that you have. Um, you're a Christian, right? So he asked me, I'm like, yes. OK, so do you tie? So Christians believe that you've got to give 10% of everything that you earn to God. And I said, I don't. I was like, oh, okay, you should, because um, he gave a rational, like in the Bible, it's written um, that you should tie 10%. And there is actually a Bible verse on this. Um, Malachi 3.10, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, because he said that in the entire Bible, there is never a time where God says that, asking a person to test him. But that's the only time when he said, test me in this, as in tithe 10% and you will see the floodgates of heaven open up and etc. So I was kind of intrigued. I was like, okay, sure, uh, let's let's try this out. So I started tithing 10% um, of my income uh, ever since I got that advice. And I couldn't believe what happened next. So I kept getting calls from ex-colleagues and people I used to work with, like, hey, Eunice, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working. Like, oh, would you like to take up a side gig? I'm like, is it a paid side gig? I was like, yeah, it's paid. It's like, oh, sure, okay, cool. And then a few months down the line, the same thing happened. So I kept getting a lot of calls from people and it just, my income just increased and as it increased i just continued to tie 10 percent of what i earned and it just keeps going back so that's just the 10 percent so you still have 90 percent left so his advice for the 90 percent is to split that into giving charitably to charities that you want to support so whether it's for flood or whether it's for animals or i i don't know orphanages any causes that you're passionate about basically and after that, I think the next one would be on your needs. So you can allocate a different percentage point for each of them. 
So one to 88% for um, savings or investments, the other one for um, charitable causes. And the final tier, which is the fourth one, is to live on what is left. So there are four tiers. The first one is the tie 10%. This tree would be your 90%. And out of this tree, 90%, you've got savings and investments. You've got giving to charitable um, donations that you care about, causes you care about, and living on what is left. So that is kind of like the system that I follow ever since the financial planner set me down. Yeah. Was it a Chinese guy? Indian. Okay. Okay. Wild. There you have it, folks. Charity. The, you know, the more money you give away, the more money you get back. Yeah, um, I couldn't believe it as well, but yep. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a firm, firm, firm believer in that. Okay, let's move on to the second topic, uh, which is education. Um, tell us, Eunice, who were you in high school? Who was I in high school? Wow, okay. Um, I was the popular kid. So um, I guess my advice probably wouldn't help those who weren't. But I'll just share a little bit about uh, the dangers of popularity, I guess. Um, sometimes you don't know who your true friends are because um, if you're popular, then everybody just wants to hang out and be around you, right? And you can't really discern if this person is really a good friend or just hanging around because you're popular. And I realized like there is really no uh, way to test this out unless you you spend a lot of time with them. And only time can tell. Do you have a uh, personal story of betrayal in high school? Um, not that I know of, actually. Um, because that betrayal wasn't something that I held in my heart. Like I didn't really mind it. I just felt like we're kids, so it's fine. So what happened is um, one of my really, really good friends, she stole my notebook. Uh, she could have just asked me, but she stole it. And then um, she <laughs> she just wanted the notes that I was writing. But I just didn't understand why she couldn't just like ask me for the notes. Instead, she just stole my notebook, brought it to the photocopy store, um, photocopied it, and I couldn't find my notebook. I was like, where's my notebook? And then like a few hours later, I found it back in my bag. And I was like, huh, I swear it wasn't there. And now it's here, like, okay. And then I only found out that she was the one who stole it because a few months down the line, I found a photocopy of my notes in her bag. And that's what I do like, ah. So that's why it was missing for like a few hours. But the, we were kids, so no harm, no foul, it's fine. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you remember uh, what you were like in uh, in middle school? Was there a big difference between you leaving middle school and entering high school? Wait, middle school and high school is the same for us here. Oh, really? Yeah, so we have primary school, we have high school, and then we have college, then we have uni. Oh. So what's the difference between middle school and high school? I guess middle school is like uh, uh, the age right before you hit um, like teenagers. So like generally, um, I want to say like starting from like 10, 11 on, you're in middle school from 10 to like 14. 
you're in middle school, and then 15 to 18, you're like in, in high school. All right. Got it. Okay. So obviously middle school and high school, that's a difference there because in middle school, I was kind of like transitioning in between two different um, schools. So when I was much younger, I was very close to my um, circle of friends. There's only like six of us. But my mom felt that I was too complacent in that school because I was the top student. And then she was like, nah, you, you need to be exposed. Like the world is so much bigger out there. You can't just stay here and think you're the best. So she wanted me to transfer out to a different school. Why are you laughing? Okay. She wanted me to transfer out to a different school. <laughs> what? So who is your mom? <laughs> My mom, okay, my mom back then, she was a teacher. So she was actually teaching in the same school that I was going to. Oh. Yes. So I usually have that pressure, like, oh, teacher's daughter, you know, that kind of thing. So it was like, you can't, you can't mess up. I remember there was one time I messed up so bad at math. Like, you know, you're Asian, but at math, you don't get an A. It's like embarrassing. And especially if your mom's a teacher in a school and it, and she's like super embarrassed. She's like telling me like, what's wrong with you? Like, what, what, how could you not get an A for math? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know. And then, um, and then she was crying. So my mom was crying. She was saying like, I know like the other teachers are saying like, you know, your kid's not doing well. And then she's like embarrassed. And I was like, I didn't want my mom to cry. So because of that, I started studying harder. And then I got an A the next time. And okay, so the story is like this. When I was in middle school, I was like, before I became the top student, I was like the second last in the class. So I was like totally not paying attention, daydreaming and just being like super happy-go-lucky. I remember like the kid who was like last in class or second last in class, she was like crying and saying like grades are so bad. And I was like, it's okay, it's fine. Like, I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, I'm just next to you, you know, like, it's fine. Like, I'm not crying. Like, why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then my mom cried. So when my, my, my mom cried, I felt like, okay, this is serious. I really need to study. Um, so when I was nine, it was really bad at academics. And then when I was 10, all of a sudden I was in the top 10 in class. And then the other teachers started saying like, oh, your daughter is cheating. She's definitely cheating. There's no way someone who is like the last or like the second last in class could be in top 10 impossible definitely cheating and my mom was telling me like you know what the teachers at the teacher's room said they said you're cheating so you've got to study harder to prove that you're not cheating I was like okay fine so <laughs> I studied really hard and um I emerged in like top four in the entire form and then that's when my mom's like okay that's it I'm transferring you out you think you're too good you can't you can't stay in the school anymore. I was like, no, oh, but my friends. It's okay, you make new ones. So <laughs> she moved me to a new um, school. So that's in high school. And I don't know anyone there. I had to start from scratch. And then I realized, okay, I'm not the best because in that class, I was probably like top 10, like top 15. But um, I wasn't so focused on academics anymore because my whole childhood life, just felt like just studies, exams, books. I was kind of sick of it. So I put my hand up for a lot of other things. So if that's like a drama competition, put my hand up, it's like judo, 
judo class, put my hand up, chess competition, put my hand up, English storytelling competition, put my hand up. To the point that my mom was kind of annoyed. She's like, why do you have to join so many curriculum activities? Like, can't you just be like normal kids who just go home? And, so I can just pick you up at two and then we just go home and you just carry on with tuition. But now I've got to wait for you until like 4 p.m. because that's when your extra activities end. And I was like, So, so um, but but she she just she just went through with it um, until the government exam. So that's when she told me like, you really have to put a stop to all those activities. So no music class. So I stopped piano because of that because uh, my mom said I needed to focus on my exams because the government exam is the most important thing. Because you know if you don't do well, you can't go into uni or college. Blah blah blah. So, so I did that, um, and thankfully I got straight A's. Went into college, uh, but in college I didn't do well at all. I was super distracted. All I wanted to do is just go to the cinema and watch movies and not study. Whereas all my friends were like, "You got like six hour breaks between classes, right? So just go to the library and study." I will go to the mall and I'll just watch like two movies during the entire break and then just come back for the next class. I did not study at all during college, and I disappointed my parents. Um, I know they were disappointed, but somehow I just managed to get myself into university and just continued from there. And yeah, but that's all like education. So like long story short, if anything, academics is important, but it's not the most important thing. I think experiencing different skill sets and um, like the core curriculum activities were like the highlight of my high school life. Yeah, playing mm -hmm. traditional music, uh, learning how to use your body weight to throw someone over, <laughs> like judo, because I was really small in high school, like super small, but to be able to like throw someone who's like much larger than me over was like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. So like, that, that was fun. Um, yeah, so just just embrace um, experiences when you're still uh, in school and studying. Do you have Don't a? Really yep. Do you have any? Uh, what would you say to kids who are like on the verge of suicide due to you know government exams and they're just mm -hmm. like I can't handle it. My parents they're shaming me to death. Mm -hmm. Yep, I I can. I won't say I can relate, but when I was a kid, I kind of had that thought where I just wanted to kill myself um, because I'm so sick and tired of just living indoors and just studying all day. But I didn't do it because I don't know how to kill myself. So I was living on the third floor. I thought I could jump down from here, but I'm afraid of heights, so I didn't do it. And I don't have access to the internet to Google how to kill yourself. So I literally don't know how to kill myself. I was thinking like, okay, maybe I could use a knife and like cut myself, but then I'm afraid of pain as well. So I never went through with it. But if you do have suicidal thoughts, um, the best advice I could give you is to talk to someone and do not just keep it to yourself. Um, most of the problems that we have in life is because we keep it inside our heads. We're not projecting it into reality. Um, sometimes the thoughts that you have might not be accurate or sane so you kind of need to bounce it off of someone and 
then poses the next problem. What if you don't have friends and you're alone? What do, what do you do? Well, we have the internet. So just like Google and find like, I need to talk to someone. I don't know, befrienders or whoever it is, just pick up the phone, call someone, talk to someone and just don't, don't be alone. Um, don't keep everything to yourself. Tell someone. Okay, okay. Well, side plug, if you guys are in America and you are feeling like that, you can text HOME to 741-741. It is a, uh, a national hotline. Um, it's a real number. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Speaking of the internet, uh, when was uh, your first experience with the internet? So you didn't have internet back then? Um, well, actually, my dad did fix the internet, but I was not allowed to use it because my mom's really strict, like I said. So the internet time I have is timed, literally. So she put on a timer, it's like 15 minutes. You're going to be on 15 minutes and then you're off. And back then, it's a dial up. So you got to... And that takes like, what, five minutes? And she counts that into the time. So like, I literally only have 10 minutes online. And then there's like loading speeds. By the time I load out the ICQ chat room, you know, go into MSN, try to find my friends to add before I could even add them. Time's up. Like, that's it. <laughs> so, what do you what do you like more, your mom or your dad? Definitely my dad. <laughs> definitely my dad. Like hands down, definitely my dad. Why, why, well, I'm not. I'm not gonna get into it. I'm not gonna pit you against your parents. Um, can you? Can you? Can you tell us a story about how your mom is strict, like a personal story that would that would exemplify just how, like, what type of person your mom is? Mm, strict. Let's see. Well, um, phones, mobile phones. So when I was twelve, or when I was like eleven or ten. A lot of my friends are already getting mobile phones, like cell phones, but I wasn't allowed to get one. Uh, I didn't really mind it because, you know, I'm not exposed to it. So you don't know what you're missing out. And then eventually um, music scenes came in. So like this, I think Westlife was really popular back then. And then there were like phones that you could play music with. And then I thought it was really cool, but I don't have a phone, so I wouldn't know that. And then one day, my dad came back with a phone and then he just went to my room like, hey, this is for you. And I was like, okay, I did ask for it. He just bought me a phone. I was just, okay, that was open it. And I started like plugging in with the SIM and like fiddling a bit, started pressing and then adding all my friends because I have their phone numbers, right? But they just know that, oh, you don't have a phone yet, but it's okay, I'll just give you my phone number. Yeah. So I have their phone number and just like adding it all on the phone and I was like started texting. I was like really excited because it's like my first phone. And then my mom came by to my room and she saw the phone in my hand and she freaked out. And then she just went to my dad like, why did you buy her a phone? And I was like, why is that? She can't focus on the studies and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then I'm like, and then she went back to me. It's like, you don't use that phone unless you really need to use that phone, especially like only when we're going out and we can't find you. So we have to call you. So you just bring your phone. But other than that, you don't use your phone. Like texting is expensive. Like every single text you send costs us money. So like keep it on the low. And I was like, okay. Then my dad subscribed to like some phone plan for me. So it's unlimited texting. So I can just text all I want. So yes, that's 
that's the big difference between my mom and my dad. Okay, okay. All right. Well, let's go on to our last topic of the day, which is love. I think it's a great transition. What is love? Hmm. Love is that feeling that you get that you really can't explain, but it just kind of makes your um, your insights pop like butterflies in your tummies, I guess. I don't know. That feels like a very cliche explanation, but that's the one that I can relate to the most. Butterflies in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who was your first love? Um, <laughs> this guy that I met in a competition. So I saw him perform on stage. I was drama competition. So we were both competing for nationals. And when I saw him on stage, I just kind of like, I don't know, cliche again, like you, it's like love at first sight. So like, yeah, um, then eventually I, I got his number, we started texting, started dating, but it was long distance because he's in a different state. And uh, it was very romantic because he would play his guitar and serenade me to sleep every single night. Yeah, but. It didn't end because, um, I mean, it didn't end well because um, we were of different religion. So I was Christian. I mean, I am Christian and he is Muslim. So um, he ended the relationship because he wanted someone who is of similar background as he is. But it's it's all uh, fair because we were 16. He was 17, I was 16. We're really young. We have no idea what we're doing anyways. Okay. Do you have any uh, you have any siblings? Yep, I have a younger brother. And where was he in all of this when you were forced to study and, and your dad gave you a cell phone? Was he just did your mom was your mom as strict on him as he was as she was on you? Um, I always felt like my mom was stricter on me, and I always felt that my brother had more slack. And I'm not sure if it's because I'm the firstborn. That's why she's like way more strict on me or for whatever reason because um i think maybe one of the reasons why she wasn't so strict on him is because my brother is very critical of himself so when i was um, in middle school uh there's also another government exam which i got straight a's for and then typically my mom would just invite friends and family over to celebrate oh the daughter got straight a's <laughs> and um so I was I was twelve, and I I was twelve, and my brother is eight. So my eight-year-old brother started crying during that gathering, and the adults were concerned, like, "Why are you crying?" And he said, "Like, it's not fair. Like, she only has to get five A's for this, but I have to get seven. And then all the adults were super shocked. So the reason why my brother has to take seven, has to get seven, is because um, he is enrolled in a Chinese school. So I wasn't, I didn't grow up uh, studying Chinese, so I can't actually read and write Chinese like fluently. Like, I'm still learning, but my brother can because he went through um, a Chinese school. So he felt like it's unfair because he needs to get seven A's before he can have this kind of celebration. So he was only eight years old. So ever since then, my mom just felt like, okay, this kid is intense. I will not be so hard on him, cut him some slack. It's okay. 
Chinese is hard. You don't have to get seven. Six is fine. So he got six. He got six A's and one B, and it's it's fine. Completely fine. Um, yeah. So I guess my brother is um he he kind of has to. I I think sometimes he feels like he's living in my shadow in a sense, like because you know I'm sort of like a top student and. But my brother's not too bad. He gets into the dean's list a few times when he's in university, so he's pretty smart too. Yeah. You still have that competition between you and him? Not really. I I don't really compete with my younger brother. I just let him win most of the time, because if I were to think logically, he's actually much smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 High praise. High praise. What are uh, what are two defining moments in your life, and uh, how do they impact you? Two defining moments in my life. Wow. Uh, oof. It's tough. Like, how do I pick two? Like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, hmm. I guess. Sorry. What? put you on the spot yeah you put me on the spot like really okay i think the most recent defining moment uh happened recently when i decided to leave my ex-boyfriend that's one i'm thinking of the other one hmm. i guess the other one would be when i decided to get water baptized so those are the two defining moments in my life yeah and how do they define you? Okay, so the water baptism, how it defined me is because on that day, I actually didn't want to go get water baptized. I felt like I was unworthy and undeserving. Um, but somehow uh, I went because I was pressured to do so. Actually, that whole water baptism thing was hush-hush. So I didn't tell any of my cell members or church friends that I'm going to get water baptized. I just signed up. Uh, I signed up like many months ago. But when the day came, I didn't want to go. But one of them found out that I signed up because she has a friend who works in church who told her, like, hey, isn't one of your cell members signing up for water baptism? She's like, oh, my God, I didn't know. And she texted me like, you didn't tell us. So I was like, yeah, I didn't plan on telling you guys. I'm like, God, how did you not tell us? Like, we're coming, we're coming, give you moral support. And I was like, oh gosh, so now I have to go <laughs> because they found out. So I went. Um, I went for water baptism, got baptized, full immersion, came out, cold, shivering, give me a towel. I walked to the bathroom, like shivering. It was gonna like change. But before I could even like change, I uncontrollably like muttered um, words I do not understand. So apparently I found out that it's actually the Holy Spirit um, just, I don't know, speaking in tongues like after that. And I have no idea what just happened, but it happened. So I think that was one of the most uh, defining moments in my life. And why? It's because it kind of convince the skeptic in me that maybe the spiritual realm this this exists and it manifests in ways you don't understand so that's what 
Um, the other defining moment is when I left my ex-boyfriend and why it was defining is because I realized that I was in a very um, toxic relationship and I didn't know how to stand up for myself. Whatever he says, just I just go with it. Like I don't really have a voice and I felt like my identity as a person kind of diminished when I was in that relationship. Like it, it started off pretty well. Like in terms of quality of life, when you're alone, it's like this. And if you're dating someone, ideally your quality of life should increase. So when we first started dating, it was okay. But over time, it kind of just decreased. And I was just ignoring all the red flags out of like, you know, not trying to rock the boat. But eventually, um, eventually I felt like he crossed the line and I just didn't want to tolerate that anymore. So I decided to leave. And when I left, I felt like there was a huge burden just like lifted. I can feel like, oh, I'm so free now. Oh, this feels so good. Why did I do this earlier? <laughs> so that's another defining moment for me where I felt like one of the reasons why I stayed in that relationship is because of the pressure that um, my mom sort of has in terms of like expectations. Like, oh, okay, okay, so these two are like together. Eventually they're gonna get married and then I'm gonna have grandkids. And also because before my grandma passed away, uh, my ex was there and before my grandma passed away she told me like you need to cherish your boyfriend so my ex like you you need to take good care of him you need to take care of yourself you need to treasure people around you blah 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 so every time I always thought of like leaving my ex I always think of my grandma and what she said and I feel guilt at the same time like I don't think he's the right person that I should be with. So I think my grandma would understand. So, yeah. Um, powerful. What would you mm -hmm. have to say to, uh, how long were you trapped in that relationship for? Um, not too long, actually. It's just 23 months. Almost two years. Almost two years. That's a long time. <laughs> uh, you said two weeks, I'd be like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> you say to uh to like women who are trapped in uh toxic relationships and uh what's the escape plan what's like the top three things that they should start doing if they want to you know, break free so if you're a woman and if somebody's name pops up in your mind right now while you're talking about this that's a red flag girl so you gotta you gotta you gotta realize like why why did this person's name pop up in my head when you're talking about this when you're reading through listicles are you like googling like signs signs i should leave my boyfriend like those things like that and if his name is on your head that's a red flag um i think one of the ways to really be self-aware about this is just to ask yourself like just remember this before you met him what was the quality of happiness in your life after you met him is it better if it's better it's fine maybe you're overthinking but if it's not as good as it was or it's like worst then you kind of have to think of an exit strategy um exit strategies are tough because you kind of have a lot of burden and baggage with you and you don't really know how to do it right if you need a bit of courage just just um reflect and think about the values that you hold dear to yourself 
Um, and if you need a friend, then probably get some advice, I would say. But the bottom line is um, self-love is the most important thing of all. So if he's not really adding value to your life, then you should just bounce. There you have it, folks. Just bounce. <laughs> Leave him in the dust. No scrub. No scrub. <laughs> What uh uh let's wrap it up. What uh oh before that, have has your uh has you, have you ever been spanked? Were you part of that generation? Did your mom like hit you for getting like bad grades or doing bad in school? Yep. <laughs> yes, I was. Ooh, I was definitely ooh. so sorry. No, continue, sorry. Um um so like in Malaysia we have what we call ratin. Uh, R-A-T-T-N. So it's material that you usually use it to make chairs or baskets. But we have one just specifically for whipping our kids. Just, yeah. So my mom buys a few of those uh, and she keeps it in her cupboard in her room. And when I was young, I know that shit's going to come down. Uh, one day I just went to her room, opened the wardrobe and just take out the canes and just hide them. So when when I was gonna get like hit, my mom went to the wardrobe and she couldn't find the canes. And she's like, where are the canes? I'm like, I don't know. So I'm like, where are the canes? And I was like, can't find the canes. So she couldn't hit me because she wouldn't use her own hand because it would hurt, right? Like it would hurt her hand. So she wanted to just use the canes. So she couldn't get the canes. Um, then she went to buy new ones. And she even bought one and put it in the car, like in the back seat. Like, you know where the umbrellas are usually are? There is a cane there. And same thing as well. I hit that one as well. So I found a place to hide it. It's like above the roof. And there's like a slot there. I just like put it in. Same thing as well. So I got into trouble uh, in the car. And my mom was like, get me the cane. And I was like, I can't find it. <laughs> what, do you can't, what do you mean you can't find it? It's there. I bought a new one. So I really can't find it. So like um, eventually she found out like I was the one who was hiding all the canes and then yeah I got smacked but it's not as bad because sometimes when you can't find a cane my dad will take the belt like literally he will take the belt and I'm like okay it's like and we'd rather be hit by our mom than dad because dad hits hard mom will will kind of like go easy on us like you still see the lines but it's not as painful as dad's. So don't piss dad off. Yeah. So you got beatings from both mom and dad. Mm -hmm. I got beatings from my mom mostly. Uh, dad is only when he has a temper. So my dad has a temper and it's, it can get kind of crazy sometimes. So he hits things, throws stuff, punches walls, punches doors. Um, and one time when he was really pissed off, he was choking me. Like, I felt like I was going to die, like, being strangled. Because um, he thought I was lying about my grades. But I told him I'm not lying, I'm not lying, I'm telling the truth. And then he just, and then my mom was, like, panicked. Because um, she could see that I was, like, literally, like, gasping for oxygen. It's like, okay, enough, 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 stop, stop. I was like, he's not lying. Like, I'm not lying. So, yeah. Has your dad ever hit your mom? 
definitely a few times. Um, I think about, I don't know, I lost count maybe like 20 times throughout my entire childhood. So I grew up like watching my dad like lay a hand on my mom and I can't really do anything because I was just a kid. And even now, uh, but now it's different because my parents are separated. So there really isn't um, anything there anymore. Like my parents are not on talking terms. So, yeah. Good. How did that make you feel? Does that affect you as you're older, seeing your dad, like your mom and stuff? Does she hit back? She never hit back because my mom's not super strong. Um, she just... She just takes it and then she just cries and then she just goes to a different room uh, and complains to all her friends and say like, you know, what, what, what did I do to deserve this, that kind of thing. And then eventually a few days later, it just normalizes like nothing happened. Yeah. Does that, has that affected you in your adult? Um, I guess it did not affect me as much as it did my younger brother because I moved out when I was 19. So um, when I was growing up, I sort of like mind my own business. So if anything happens, I'll just be in my room studying. I wouldn't meddle in these affairs. But if I was much older, like as a teenager, and if I was living in Penang with my parents and it, this were to happen, it would have definitely affected me. But because I lived in KL by myself, um, I wasn't exposed to all the hostility and the verbal abuse that my mom and my brother had to face from my dad. So my brother doesn't like my dad very much, actually. So I would borderline say that they hate each other. Like my brother hates my dad. My dad doesn't like him, uh, like my younger brother as well. So. And it's got to do a lot with how he treated both my mother and my brother when I was away. So I'm my dad's favorite. So while I'm not at home, my dad doesn't really have like a favorite at home. So probably that's why he's so angry all the time. I don't know. But yeah, but when, when I hang out with my dad, he's never like that. Okay. Any uh, any any tips since we're on the topic of uh, kids who might be going through the same thing with their dad and their mom? Okay, so if you're a kid and you see your if depends if you're a guy or a girl, it depends on your age as well. If you're much older, um, let's say like teenager and you have strength, um, I would advise that you stand up for your mom. Uh, like if I was a guy and if I was older, that's what I would do. I'll stand up for my mom. And I'll like be rational and just talk to my dad if he's like super insane. I would call, it's kind of extreme to say I'll call the cops on him because I don't want my dad to go to jail as well. But it's, it's a very fine line because you kind of have to make your parents or your dad realize that what he's doing is wrong and he should really stop. Uh, but I also understand that if you're a kid and you're not strong and you're you're much tinier, you don't have strength, you're afraid, you don't want to go up against your dad because your dad buys you food, like he puts meals on the table. So how, like, you know, that's that whole conflict over there going on. Um, I would say 
the next best thing you can do is to give emotional support to your mom. Give her a hug. Tell her that it's gonna be okay. That you're still around. That you love her. It's okay. Everything is gonna. This too shall pass. That kind of conversation. Just assure her that you know you're still here, as her kid. Um. The next more rational uh, decision making is to move out if it's too much for you to handle what you really can't. It's like mentally stressful for you for all this domestic abuse and violence. Um, if you're able to and you have the financial capability to move out, uh, bring your mom with you as well. Uh, just leave that toxic environment. We got super light in the beginning and then we went super deep, super deep. <laughs> Towards the end, that's what love is, right? It's not butterflies. It's not all butterflies. Uh, thank you, thank you for sharing. Any last words uh, for the for the people watching this? Stick to your course and carry on. Stick to your course and carry on. Love it. All right, guys. Before I forget, uh, the community hotline. Uh, is looking for oversight members to build the best Kung Fu school in the world. Uh, if you're interested, shoot us a message. Uh, and uh, thank you for joining us, Eunice. Catch you guys next time. Yeah.